If you are interested in joining other great companies and sponsoring the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we would encourage you to go to our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com and learn how we can advertise for your company right on this podcast. You know, we're afraid our kids are going to say, well, Mom and Dad, you did that and you turned out okay. I think the key thing to tell our kids is, yeah, I did that, but I turned out far from okay. There's still ramifications of that past in my life today and God is working that out of my life and he's forgiven me and he's restoring me but again none of us are okay this is Fletch and this is Kendra and we want to welcome you to another edition of the homeschooling in real life podcast that clip we just heard was from our good friend Barrett Johnson who's back on the podcast again and we're talking about sex Again. Yeah, we are. He's uh, he's written a book on that topic that we really like, so we invited him back to discuss some tricky points. Yeah, we had some great feedback from some parents on that last episode. If you haven't heard that episode yet, it's episode 16. We'd encourage you to go back and listen to it. It's kind of part one to tonight. Yes. And we had some great feedback from some parents after that episode, some, some homeschooling families uh, who just had some uh, information for us. So we're having an entire new episode just talking about kind of a parent's response. This is a hot topic, I think. Yeah, so apparently this is one that you guys want to talk about, or at least you want us to talk about, and then write in and tell us. I think what they really want is for us to talk to their kids. Yeah, that would probably (laughs) be the easiest thing. So stay tuned tonight. We have a great episode. From the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network, welcome to Homeschooling in Real Life, the podcast. I'm Fletch. And I'm Kendra. As veteran homeschooling parents, we discuss topics that tend to divide and distract Christian homeschoolers from each other and the gospel. On the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast, we promise to be honest, transparent, and witty as we uncover what it means to homeschool in real life. Hey, before we get started with tonight's episode, we just want to remind you that you can find us on iTunes, and we need to apologize. We just found out that our feed was not including all of our episodes. This is our 21st episode, so if you want to hear all of the Homeschooling in Real Life podcasts, head over to iTunes, pull up our feed, and just go back and catch us from the very beginning. And while they're there, Kendra, what should they do for us? Well, we would really appreciate it if you would give us a review on iTunes. That just helps our podcast get a little more um, exposure so other homeschooling families can find us too. Our ranking goes up on iTunes, so I would say five stars if you're looking for a suggestion. (laughs) Yeah, so uh, head on over to iTunes, look up Homeschooling in Real Life or Homeschooling IRL or search for Andy Fletcher or Kendra Fletcher. We'll pop up. Look for our big red logo. And uh, I'll tell you what, tell your friends about us and uh, leave a review. We want to remind our listeners that due to the subject matter of this podcast, listener discretion is advised. All right, Kenj, we're into this topic tonight. Can you believe we're talking about sex again? Well, again, Fletch, I think it's one of your favorite topics. It is one of my favorite topics. No, <laughs> you know, as far as this podcast goes, we're just finding that this is one of the topics that people definitely want to talk about or have questions about, along with a lot of questions regarding teens, 
or older homeschool kids. Yes. So I have a feeling we're going to hit on a lot of these. You know, the next couple episodes, we have some some kind of interesting general homeschool topics coming up that are really cool. We have some really good shows in the works. The interviews are completed, and I would just encourage you over the next month to hear, you know, what we have available for you. But on this topic, um, we found that that last episode was a huge success. It's one of our most downloaded episodes on the topic of how to talk to your kids about sex. Yeah, well, I just think it's one of those general topics that we all struggle with. And, I, you know, it seems like one of those things that I would hear people would have a hard time talking to their kids about sex. And when I was a teenager or even a young parent, I'd think, well, what is the big deal? Until I had those kids and had to have this conversation. And it's not as simple as just freaking out about the topic of sex. It, it, there are a lot of intricate issues here. Yeah, and again, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that episode if you if you haven't heard it yet. Um, I think we did a really great job kind of introducing the topic to homeschoolers because it is one, like you said, that people don't want to talk about. So we kind of waited out in the water and, and we told everybody, hey, it's okay. Come on in. Join us. The water's fine. And uh, we talked to some, some homeschool grads. We got their opinions. The gist of that episode, homeschool kids thought their parents didn't do a really great job. At least the majority of them didn't. And homeschool parents thought they had done a great job. And then we went to the phones with Barrett and Jennifer Johnson and just talked about their book um, called The Talks and, and just kind of gave parents some tools and maybe some starting points. Well, what did we get back from the parents that listened? Well, first of all, I want to point out that it wasn't just homeschooling kids or young adults, and it wasn't just homeschool parents. No, you're right. And actually, we had private school and some general public school, which reminds me, at the end of this episode, I actually get on the phone with a public school teacher right, and get her opinion. And I think our listeners are going to be shocked at what she has to say. I, I think so, too. And, and really what the gist of the conclusion of that last episode was that um, young adults felt like their parents had not done a thorough job but parents felt they had. All right, so let's get into the the what we got. We got some pushback. We got some just general responses. And uh, we have some of our own ideas that we want to talk about tonight. So maybe just kind of our first uh, response came in was from a parent who said that, hey, this is a confusing topic. And here's why he thought that. I'm not sure I even know how I would answer the question, did I do a good job teaching my kids about sex? Um, If the measure of teaching is what's been learned, I I, I don't know when that that ends. If my child is 35 years old and uh, has had no indication of, say, um, sexual escapades uh, before then and is married and then goes and has an affair, did I fail in teaching him about sex? That's a difficult um, measuring tool. Um, Was that a failure of my teaching about sex, a failure of his learning about sex, or a failure of his heart? And so I think that there's probably um, things that we can do in terms of, you know, obviously teaching the biology or what you might even call the mechanics of sex, but um, really teaching about um, purity has a is is significant in everything that we teach. You know, what what about the heart of the kid and and a kid who then grows up because that's really a lot of times when um it's going to be played out. So uh, did I do a good job? I hope so. 
Um, but I think the answers are still coming. Um, my uh, older child is married. My two younger ones are still in college, and where you know the uh, suggestions and the pressures are as great as ever. And um, you know, I think the answer to the question uh, has yet to be played out. And yet, my kids may make choices um, to do things that are um, not God honoring uh, with their bodies. And they may turn around and say, yeah, but you taught me everything uh, that I needed to know. I just chose to go a different direction. So it's a very difficult um, question to ask yourself, I think. Kendra, did that voice sound familiar to you? That voice is very familiar to me. That's actually my oldest brother, Jeff. Oh, that's pretty cool. Well, he he was saying to us essentially that this is kind of a conf- – it's hard to answer this question. Did I do a successful job? Because we really don't know until maybe sometimes much later – and really, what is the guide for knowing was I successful or was I not? Mm-hmm. And I actually liked Jeff's response because I think, like we know about your brother, he's very thoughtful. Right. And he really thought through this one with us. Mm-hmm. And we have the luxury of talking with him regularly in real life. And so I've had the benefit, uh, as my brother-in-law, just really talking through this with him over a couple years Right. So I expected him to give us something like that. But this idea that we really don't know if we're successful, um, you know, that that's a valid point to bring up. You know, like you said, you, you may have a much older uh, child who makes a poor choice. Did you fail way back when they were 13, 14? Or is that just naturally the fruit of that child's life? Yeah. You know, it reminds me of a, a quote I heard recently. Um, a girlfriend was telling me that her father would say, that their kids would carry around a pocket full of stupid and every once in a while they'd reach in and take out a handful. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I'm going to use that. Because <laughs> I use the, the dumb as a bag of hammers thing right. sometimes. Like, you're just being as dumb as a bag of hammers. And I've had kids stop and wonder what I meant by that, which kind of proves my point. Um, okay, there's two more responses, and I'd like to wrap all these up together. Um, we had the one response come in from a dad who really thought he'd done a great job. Yes. And he was, you know, kind of confused. We had several of those. That's actually what we based a lot of that first podcast on. And, you know, I think that was just something we kept hearing over and over again. Like, um, we really thought we nailed this. (laughs) And they were just kind of stunned. But the third response, and that's the one I think is real interesting, is the one who said, if you remember, I think my kid had high expectations. Yeah. And you remember what his thinking was. His kid, (laughs) all of his friends, had been given the the talk. talk. Right. And since he didn't get the talk, he felt gypped. And so he went on the podcast and said, you know, I think my parents did a pretty lousy job at this. And and the response from this parent was, we'd been having talks all the way through. Yeah. From when he was younger. And, you know, I I guess that can happen. I guess, you know... um, there can there can be that, but you know what I really loved? Again, we talked to Barrett about this, mm-hmm. and let's listen to what he says. When a parent thinks they did a great job, and a kid has a slightly different response. Let's listen. But a parent who thinks, well, I did a good job with my kids, and my kids say, well, no, not so much. I think our response as parents is to go, wait a minute. We did far better than our mom and dad did, and so hey, I give my mom and dad back in our generation a you know an F. 
even if I, you know, did far better than them, we're on the curve. I'm extraordinary, but the kids still, you know, need more. I think we have a tendency as parents to give ourselves tremendous bonus points for what we do. But if, if we think we did good and the kids' feedback at 18 or 19 years old after this kind of journey has transpired, if our kids' feedback is, um, no, they didn't do a very good job, I don't think it's an issue of who's right and who's wrong there, but I think it's an issue of whose opinion of that matters the most. And if our goal is to equip our kids to be successful and to be wise and to be prepared for the choices they're going to face and the challenges they're going to face, the pressure of the world, I don't think we get to decide who did a better, who did a good job. We don't get to be the judges of that. I think our kids have got to be um, the ones whose opinion matters. They're the ones that are out there facing this stuff. They're the ones that are in a culture that we don't fully understand as middle-aged adults. We, we can't take that personally and go, well, no, I did do a good job, and get defensive about it. It doesn't matter who, who, if you think you did a good job or not, mom and dad. What matters is if kid says, here's what I'm facing, and I, I, I feel like I need more, I need, I need help, then we can waste a lot of time being defensive or arguing who's right and who's wrong, or we can say, what can I do to redouble my efforts to come alongside my young adult kids, to come alongside my younger kids um, who I know are going to face the same kinds of things. So it's a moot point. If a kid says, I need more, then moms and dads, we need to give them more. Hey, Kendra, I have a question for you. Okay. Ooh. Yeah. Did you have sex before marriage? No, I did not have sex before marriage. But isn't that the biggest question that you're probably most fearful that a kid's going to ask if you have? Yes. And the truth is, do you want to be really transparent right here on the podcast right sure. now? Mm-hmm. We did a lot of things we shouldn't have done. Right. Right. Before we were married, you and I, together. Oh, you're being truthful with our audience? <laughs> yeah, I am. Oh, man, I don't know. <laughs> I wasn't quite ready for that. Well, the reason I am being transparent about this is because literally every single time I have said this or brought this up with a girlfriend in conversation about sex before marriage or whatever, they they all say the same thing. So somewhere out there is is this culture, you know, of, of us Christian young couples, or we were young one at one time, who are going farther than we needed to or should have. Um, and then we're faced with these kids who want to know, how far did you go? Or want to know, did you have sex before marriage? And how honest can we be with them? Yeah, and just to clarify, the guys that I hang out with, none of them went too far, just so you know. It's mostly just the women that went too far, your friends. Oh, right. Yeah, Yeah. pocket full of stupid and all that. I hang hang out with a lot of saints. Mm. Um, Yeah, so the reason I started the conversation this way is because I wrote a blog post called Transparency for uh, the Um, homeschool post. And in that, I just said, you know, one of the things that we are so fearful of, and I'm sure we have listeners right now who are probably, they can feel it in themselves right now. They're, they're fearful right now of this question Mm -hmm. of having to be truthful with their kids. And it doesn't have to be about sex before marriage or sexual behavior before marriage. I mean, we know for a fact that there are a lot of um, young Christian couples that are out there taking part in different forms of sexual behavior right? who are trying to justify it in their minds. And even in a marriage, even into 5, 10, 15, 20, 25 years into marriage, you know, they were um, having sexual behavior, oral sex or manual sex, and they're they're saying something to themselves like, well, we were technically virgins before we got <laughs> married. But didn't the whole 
Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing kind of, you know, just destroy that idea of technically what is sex and sexual behavior. So my point is, I know there are people probably listening right now that are still justifying in their minds, I can tell my kids we were virgins before we got married. Yeah. Because we didn't technically... There was no insertion. Yeah. Right. You know, I mean, there's no chance of us getting pregnant. Uh Uh-huh. And so we didn't technically have sex. So, you know, when I I think about that, uh, I think, you know... I, we're going to talk to Barrett again. He he kind of chimes in on this topic one more time, but it's going to come back to our good old friend, the gospel. <laughs> you are not holding on to the gospel if you can't be honest about your past. If something from your past has a grip on you today, right now, right, the gospel has not penetrated the deepest part of your heart. And maybe you're that listener right now who's saying. I don't want to talk to my kids about this. I'm afraid to have the conversation because they're going to have to, they, they may ask or I'm, I'm, I just don't want to tell them that, you know, their father or their mother and I who, you know, who they thought we we were pure, we've lied to them, you know, mm-hmm. well, technically we've lied to them. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to have to be honest and say, yeah, actually, that's not the case. Um, you know what? That's what the gospel brings freedom for. Live free. And, and that's really kind of what, I mean, isn't that what you want to tell the, the listeners to, or do you want to? Oh, no. And I, I mean, absolutely. I didn't mean, oh, no, like, oh, no, that's not what I would say. Oh, oh yes, that is exactly what I'd want them to hear. But I also think, you know, like so many things in parenting, we let fear overcome us. And so it's fear that drives a decision like that to, sure. to just sort of, um, and it's fear that drives us to cherry pick what we're going to tell our kids. It's fear that drives us to put a spin on things to make it seem like yeah, we really coat, held it really together. Sugarcoat your right. answer and say, you know, did Jeff say, well, no, no, we didn't, you know, and, and kind of shamefully turn away. So if you're that person, you know what? I'd actually love to start that conversation because I think that's a conversation that we can encourage one another on in Facebook rather than just, you know, talk about some of our other topics. Let's talk about encouraging or building one another up. We'd love to hear from you. Info at homeschoolingirl.com is our email. We'd love to hear your response to this little discussion that we're having right now. Um, you know, the, the, it goes deeper than that. I mean, there's other topics. Uh, did you do drugs? Did you, you know, other things that you're maybe ashamed of? Yeah. Uh, behaviors from your past that you're ashamed of? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and maybe that's it. But let me, t- let me take this one step further. When you're willing to be transparent, when you're willing to be truthful for your kids, what does that do to the kid who is struggling right now? Suddenly, he has an ally. He has someone who understands him. Because if you are living in fear and lying to your kids and, and you're maintaining this perfect, holy teenage life that you've made up in your mind that you lived, what does the kid think? Once again, I can't measure up. Right. I can't even measure up to my parents. Mm-hmm. I already can't measure up to God. Now I can't measure up to my parents. And the one of the the human relationships that they look for for acceptance, suddenly that's empty as well. Can I just free our listeners right here to say that your kids don't need you to be perfect. Your kids don't need you to be the perfect example of a man who or a woman who walks with God. That perfect example, that's already been filled by Jesus. Your kids need you to show them what it means to walk fallen 
and redeemed by Jesus. You're right, Kench. And we talked to Barrett Johnson about that. And, you know, you and I both listened to what he had to say after we got the recording. And and both of us stopped. We looked across the room at each other and said, yes, Mm -hmm. that's what our listeners need to hear. Let's listen to that clip right now. Yeah, it does speak to the truth of the gospel and how much we truly are as middle-aged adults who are trying to walk with God, how much we truly have embraced the gospel in our daily lives. Because, again, if, if we have shame from our past and, and we're afraid to go back there and talk about our past, then it, it could be we truly haven't allowed the gospel and the truth of what Jesus did on the cross and his redemption, his restoration, to penetrate those areas of our lives. If there's still shame, and if the result is that shame or that I don't want to talk about my past is causing us to be paralyzed or to be unengaged with our kids as they face things, Who's 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 getting a victory there? Is that God getting victory or is that the enemy getting victory? Because I think the enemy does want to shut us up about this topic. And if, if he can use the fear of bringing up the shame from our past to make us silent or make us unengaged on this topic, then I think, again, the winner here is the enemy and, and not God. And so I would tell a parent who who does the shame. We all have shame. We all have, we all have some measure of regret over our past. But if that is to a point of shame and guilt where we're still walking under condemnation. There's a possible we haven't brought that to the cross fully where we can even fully engage with our kids and say, yeah, here's where God brought me from and here's how he's in the process of restoring me and sanctifying that. But I'm able to talk about it at some level because it's a part of my story and it does give testimony to how good the grace of God has been in our lives and how it can be good in our lives the same way. So it is a gospel issue, but I think the net result of it is um, a damaging thing for our kids because our kids, again, next generation is ill-equipped. And it's the, I think, the best uh, translation of the best modern-day example of a generational curse that we can find. Um, because, again, what we have regret from our past, our, it causes us to be silent. Our kids are ill-equipped, and, and they end up facing the same things because of a generational curse of our own sin from you know, 20, 30 years ago. If if you're so ashamed of your past, which, again, regret's a word, but shame's a different word, but you're so ashamed that, that you're unwilling to talk about it, even in vague levels. You don't have to give your kids every example, every detail, but in vague levels. And this is what we've said in vague ways. We, we said this in the book. We said this, uh, I think, last time on the podcast, that you know our, we're afraid our kids are going to say, well, Mom and Dad, you did that, and you turned out okay. I think the key thing to tell our kids is, yeah, I did that, but I turned out far from okay. There's still ramifications of that past in my life today, and God is working that out of my life, and he has forgiven me, and he's restoring me. But again, none of us are okay. We, we, and it's okay, to even, it's okay to talk to them in the current and say, Certainly. this is what I'm currently dealing with sure, because still. of the past. And I, I yes, think indeed. even some parents are afraid to say, here's my current sin level, yep. because that's super transparent. You know, I'm, I'm well, and again, to be a that, 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 parent. Sure, and you know my blog is imperfect and normal families only info for families. We're I think this, the quicker that a mom and dad can be honest with their kids and say I struggle, I've got junk, God's re- restoring me, but I'm a work in progress just like you are, my 12-year-old or 15-year-old or 19-year-old kid. The kids know we're imperfect. The kids know we struggle. The kids know we've got junk in our lives. The quicker as mom and dad that we admit that to our kids, the better off we're going to be. Because as long as we keep on saying, no, I've got it all together, I'm perfect, you know, we're, we're telling our kids a lie and they know we're telling our kids a lie. They're smarter than we give them credit for. 
we're going to pause for a quick commercial break. Just in case you think we do this show alone, you know we don't. We're part of a network called the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. It's a family of about 20 shows, and we're one of them. You know, Fletch, one of my favorite homeschool authors just started a show there. It's called Flourish at Home, and Mary Jo Tate has written a book called Flourish, Balance for Homeschool Moms. Now, if that's not a great title (laughs) and something that homeschool moms want, I don't know what is. And it sounds like something that our listeners would love. Absolutely. We're always talking about balance when it comes to homeschooling. And Flourish at Home promises to be a podcast that will bring you the experience of a homeschool mom who's raising four boys on her own and who has had to learn to juggle career and homeschooling and find balance. That sounds really cool. Is she competing with us? Is she on at the same time? (laughs) No, she's not. Mary Jo will bring Flourish at Home to you the first Tuesday of every month at 9 p.m. Hey, head on over to the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Look for Flourish at Home by Mary Jo Tate. And when you're there, tell her that Fletch and Kendra sent you. You are listening to the Homeschooling in Real Life podcast with your hosts, Andy and Kendra Fletcher. All right, Kendra, you know, we were a little heavy last time on homeschool kids and private school kids and, you know, maybe just Christian kids in general. But one of the criticisms that can come back is, well, at least they're not in the public school. Right. You know, we're doing so much better than the public school (laughs) or or whatever. It's the comparisons to public school. So you know what I decided to do? Hmm. I decided to talk to a public school teacher. I have a uh, a friend who's a health teacher at the uh, high school here in our town, and she teaches pre- predominantly freshmen, some sophomores, juniors, and seniors if they have credits to to get. But I asked her all the questions that I asked our parents and the kids. You know what or how she thought people were doing with their kids in public school. What 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 did you think? the response was going to be? Well, I would have to say that I would have expected those kids to have parents who would be talking to them about sex often. Right, because it's the world, right? Mm -hmm. And we just, it doesn't matter whether they're Christians at a public school or non-Christians. But for the predominant part, you know, these public schooled kids, you'd think like it's out there. Public schools, aren't they showing R-rated films in every class now? I think that's what they do when they <laughs> hand out condoms and they're like have sex in the bleachers. Isn't that what they do? Well, now? that's what's portrayed, yes. Yeah. <laughs> so there's this idea that it's out there and they're talking about it all the time. I was really shocked by this teacher's responses. You want to listen to it? Yep. My name is Taya Matthews, and I am a high school health teacher for um, public schools. And what uh, what grades are you teaching? Mostly freshmen, but I do have a sprinkling of sophomore, juniors, and seniors if they need to get the requirement met for some reason. Okay, so you talk both about the biology. Yes, we cover male and female anatomy and then reproductive systems and um, also like sex ed portions of things. We have to be very careful about uh, making sure we cover all spectrums from abstinence to if you're going to make these choices, um, you know, kind of things. How do you feel parents are doing on the topic teaching their kids about sex at home? 
I don't really feel like they are teaching them, um, only based on the comments that the students make. The parents, I don't think they really talk specifically about um, sex and all the consequences. Okay. And so do you think parents are focusing mostly on the morality of the, the issue of morality? Yeah, probably. How do you feel parents are doing as far as being transparent with their kids about their own lives when they were teenagers or the mistakes they made? I think most of the parents don't tell them, you know, what they did when they were younger and how it affected them and why they shouldn't do that. But the, the students more so say that, you know, they want their parents to talk about maybe the mistakes they made as, as kids and maybe why not to do certain things, but parents don't really tend to talk about those things. I think the kids value honesty. And so I think that as hard as it might be for parents to be completely open with their kids, and maybe not 100%, but they need to know, like, more of the consequences and what really happens and and more of the emotional um, stuff that goes on with having sex, not just, oh, you're going to have sex and you're going to be fine, because for young girls, it's a very emotional thing. So that's our show. Uh, we hope you really enjoyed the second take. We'll take a third swipe at talking about sex if you really want us to. But, Kenj, why don't you tell our listeners what we have coming up next time? Next up, Fletch, we have homeschooling in hard times, and we're going to be talking with a homeschool mom who's battled ovarian cancer this last year, and we're going to be digging deep into some of our own experiences and how we've had to homeschool through some crises in our own home. Yeah, so if we have listeners, if you're a listener, and you're just clinging right now, uh, maybe getting through this summer thinking, I can't do this next year, my life is falling apart, we would encourage you two weeks from now, uh, check us out again. We have a great show on homeschooling through hard times. Hey, before we leave, a couple things. Head on over to iTunes, listen to a few of the past episodes, leave us a review. How many stars? Five stars. Five stars for homeschooling in real life, if you ask me. <laughs> if you want to reach us on Facebook, how would they do that? Facebook.com slash homeschooling IRL. What about Twitter? Twitter is at homeschool IRL. And if they want to hang out on our website or our blog, where would they go? Homeschoolingirl.com. And we are well aware it looks like homeschooling girl. <laughs> yeah, we get that we get told that all the time. Just one G, homeschooling IRL. Hey, if you would like us to speak at your event, if you think it'd be fun to have us come do a live homeschooling IRL podcast at your event, go to our website. Uh, you can contact us through there. We are uh, looking and starting to book up our speaking opportunities in the next year, and we'd love to hear from you. Still, I hold the fact that, that your kids need to hear stuff from you before they hear from somebody else. You need to be the authority that introduces things to them. And that's in, you spoon feed them small things. The younger, they get older, at a developmental level, they're able to at least grasp at some level. And yes, these are adult issues. But I think to begin to introduce them to things, I think it's better to err on the side of too early than to err on the side of too late. That's the lesser of two evils. We, we don't want to take our kids' innocence away from them, but I think we do them a disservice when they're exposed to things that we're playing catch-up on. So I'd err on the side of getting there too early. Because, again, I think mom and dad thinks if I expose my kid to this thing, they'll want to do that thing. And there's very little evidence to prove that that ever happens, I think. We prepare kids for what's out there so they can be informed to make wise decisions for it. Wax them upside the head, unexpected. And 
So again, err on the side of too early. The Homeschooling IRL podcast is a part of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more information on this podcast, to contact your hosts or to connect with Fletch and Kendra on social media, visit us on our website and blog at homeschoolingirl.com.